Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. So I love this time of year. Christmas is over and we're stepping into New Year's. And I thought this year, I'd like to preach a message on our last one called Fear Versus Faith. And I believe that the thing that holds us back so often in our life is fear. And I've got so much to be grateful this year. Renee and I have so much to be grateful. We've got a son who, who, who's just going through all these cool milestones, starting to walk. Before that, he crawled. Uh, it's so cool. Uh, then he had his first birthday. Really exciting. So many great milestones. We've got great friends, great family. We've seen God do amazing things in our family's life. This year has been so great for us in our lives. But I believe, and maybe you right now could just grab, I'm not asking you to do it, but it'd probably be easy for you to grab a piece of paper on your phone and just list really quickly all the awesome things God's done in your life. But the cool thing is, I believe God's got more for us. God's done some great things in the last year, and it's the end of our decade, but I believe God's got so much more in store for you and me than you could ever imagine. So, as I I go on, I just want to just remind us that God has so much more for us. But the difference, we believe, the, the difference between seeing God do so many amazing things in our life can often be fear. Faith versus fear. It's like a fight. Two great boxers. Muhammad Ali versus Mike Tyson. Who is going to win? So often we allow one fighter to win over the other. The Bible says, I walk by faith, not by sight. See, fear is so often connected to our feelings and what we see around us. And so we allow fear to come in. But faith, it says, no matter what my circumstances, I'm going to walk towards the promises of God. God, you've promised me something amazing in my life, and I'm going to walk towards that. Uh, and, and today, I'd like everyone to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's the story of David versus Goliath. And I want to read it to you this morning, and, and here's what it says. It says this. It's about the battle between David, who was anointed to be the next king of Israel because Saul wasn't a very good king, and he was, he was ignoring what God was asking him to do, and Goliath. And this is what the first part from 17 verse 1 to 7 says this. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Demon between Soko and Azekar. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Etah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another. With the valley between them, a champion named Goliath, boo, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. For those of you who don't know, that's nine foot nine inches. That's big. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels. That's heavy. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. That's pretty scary. He's a big man. And for me to think about that, to give us a bit of a picture of how big that is, we, we read it on the text, but we can't actually really, I don't think, get a picture of how scary this man would have been to the Israelites 
and to even King David when he came down. So I've got a guy, a picture of a person who I think is probably pretty close to, and even he doesn't really measure up. So if we could just show the picture of Shaquille O'Neal. There. So there's Shaquille O'Neal. If we could see the next picture as well. So that's, that's LeBron James. Everyone boo for him as well. Boo, he's nowhere near as good as Michael Jordan. He's even wearing 23, which is rude. Now, he's six foot nine inches tall, this man. Shaquille O'Neal is seven foot one inches tall. Look at the difference between them. Can we have a look at the next photo as well? That's Shaquille O'Neal with his wife. She's like a normal size, and that's Shaquille O'Neal. So, as I said, to give us a bit of a picture, Shaquille O'Neal... Uh, what they say, one of, some people say the greatest, but the greatest center is probably Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but he's, he's one of the greatest centers that's ever played the game. As I said, seven foot, one inches tall. You could take them off. Thank you, Pam. Let me give you some other stats about him. Shaquille could extend 12 feet, five inches. So that means he could jump up, and when you measured as high as he could get in a, in a jump, it was 12 feet. So that's two feet over a basketball hoop. That's pretty athletic. He could jump two feet over a basketball hoop because a basketball hoop's 10 foot tall. He could run 30 meters in 4.8 seconds and he weighed 167 kilos at his prime. That's a big man. So if we, if we get that and we measure it with Shaquille, uh, not with Shaquille, with Goliath, who was nine foot nine inches, you can get a picture of how intimidating and scary that man is. How fearful the Israelites would have been. Because he got there and he kept yelling out, you send out a champion to fight me and yet nobody came out. I want to continue reading. 8 to 11, it says, Goliath would have been athletic, as a champ, Goliath stood and sheltered to the ranks of Israel. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. And if he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you'll become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. See, this is what fear does. Fear comes in and it terrifies us and it scares us. It lies to us, makes us believe that we're losing, makes us believe that we can't win the battles that we're fighting in our life. But the cool thing is that God has placed in us the Holy Spirit, that Jesus lives in us, and Jesus has never lost a fight in his life. As the words we were singing this morning, Jesus, Jesus always wins. There's no fight he's ever fought that he lost. Even when the devil nailed him to the cross and the devil thought he won, he rose again and he showed that he had victory over every area in every single life right now. In this room, we serve an awesome God. We serve an amazing God. And I love what it says after this Bible verse. It says these words. Everybody's scared. The guy who should have gone out and fought him was Saul. But the Bible says this. Now David. David was coming, a man who decided, you know what? I'm not going to let fear rob me of the amazing future God's got for me. He went and he fought Goliath. I know in my life, I've allowed fear to dictate my future. I remember in grade 12, I was a bit of a class clown. I made everybody laugh. And the, and the, t- the head of department of my sc- in year 12 came up to me and she said, Jason, you're a funny guy. Would you get up and speak in front of the class? 
for the last day of school in front of the whole school. I said, no way. Now, who knew that God had created me and placed me on the planet to be a speaker in front of people? But in that moment, because fear came into my heart and I cared about what people thought of me, I said, I'm not going to do it. And that's what fear does. It robs us of our future. It robs us of what God's got for us. So this morning, I'd like to share with you what faith does and the power faith has over fear and how we overcome fear in our lives. So the first thing is this. Number one, we make God number one in our life. When you read this story, David comes down off the mountain and he walks into the atmosphere of fear and, and dread and everybody's scared and he walks down and, and he, sees this, he sees Goliath get up and every morning he comes and he, he says, bring out your guy, I'm going to beat him, you're all going to be subject to us. And David, in this moment, he hears him, he says, who is this guy? And he says, what will, what will King Saul do for the guy that defeats him? And he says, you'll never pay taxes. How cool is that? I would have fought Goliath if I never had to pay taxes for the rest of my life. Imagine getting your paycheck every week and you never have to pay taxes. How cool is that? He'll never pay taxes again and he'll get to marry the king's daughter. And he says, okay. And his brother who hears this has a go at David. He says, hey, what are you doing, you troubler? Go back to those sheep. Who have you left the sheep with anyway? And I love David's response. David's response isn't, David turns to someone else and he says, what will, what will Saul do? Who is this guy that keeps having a go? And I think it's because when you read the story, David cared more about what God thought of him and cared more about what God said about him than he did about any words that anyone else ever spoke in our life. And that is one of the keys to overcoming fear in our life is that God is number one. What he cares about us is more important than what anybody else says about us. What he says about our future is more important than any other word that anyone else speaks about our life. What God says we place value on, nothing else, not our circumstances, not we, what we see, it's our relationship with God that comes number one. You see another time in David's story. David's out there, and David's, what's happened is David's had to run away from Saul, because Saul's trying to kill him because he's jealous and he's scared that David's going to take over the kingdom. And there's this one time they go out on a raid, and when they come back, David and all his mighty men, when they come back, the story says that these other enemies had come in, stolen all of, all of David's men's children and their wives, and they were so mad and so angry that they wanted to stone David. Who knows that in this moment, you'd be pretty scared. My own men, the people who are supposed to be loyal to me now want me dead. And David didn't shrink down in this moment. The Bible says that David went off and encouraged himself in the Lord. Because his relationship with God is the thing that maintained him for his entire life. If we want to be people who can walk by faith and not by fear, the greatest key is our relationship with God. Maybe this morning fear is a big part of your life. It holds you down. It stops you from doing the things that God's called you to do. The good news is that when we build a relationship with God, fear starts to break off. The Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke. So in other words, when we get into the presence of God, when we feel His tangible presence enter the room as we worship Him, fear starts to break off our life. The anointing comes down and fear just leaves because the yoke of fear is broken in God's presence. 
if in your life, if fear is something that, like me, you struggled with, as a young man, before I got saved, feared that he wouldn't be able to go to sleep every night, feared about what people said about him, the thing that breaks that fear over your life is the presence of God. Hunger after God's presence. Chase Him with everything you've got. Read your Bible. Pray. Why don't you make 2020 one of, the, one, of your, one of your goals for the year is spend more time with God. It'll be amazing the difference it makes in your life. The second thing is this. Be you. 1 Samuel 17, 38 to 40. So King Saul's heard that there's this guy, David, who might be willing to fight Goliath, and he sends for him, and he brings him in, and the, and the story goes, then he tries to put Saul's armor on him, and I want to read it to you. It says this, Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around, because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream and put them on the pouch in his shepherd's bag and put them in his sling in his hand and approached the Philistines. See, in this moment, David's himself. He defeats the thing that was bringing fear to everybody in his nation. He defeats it by being himself. David, uh, Saul tries to dress him as, as a soldier and David says, that's not me, I'm a shepherd. Puts on his shepherd's clothes, grabs his sling, puts a rock in his sling, and uses that to bring down Goliath. If we want to overcome fear, I believe one of the most important things in our life is be happy with who God created us to be. So often I think we spend so much energy of our life trying to be someone else. We see a a picture in a magazine. We say, man, they dress cool. I'm going to start dressing like them. Man, that's a great hairstyle. I'm going to have their hair because if I just have his hair, I'll be cool like him. If I can just wear the clothes like that lady's got, I'll be cool like her. If I talk like them, if I act like them, I'm going to be cool. But the cool, God says this. He says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It says, his works are wonderful. And you're his works. He created you. So that means you're wonderful. You're a wonderful person. You've got a great sense of humor. The things you like are awesome. The things you enjoy doing, you might like scrapbooking. For me, that would be as boring as heck. But if you like it, that's cool. I like sport. I've shared this before, when people come over to my house, I want to show them videos that show that Jordan's better than LeBron. They're sitting there, especially when Bo comes over, he's sitting there, and I realize about halfway through the video, he's bored as heck. I like sport. Makes me come alive. That's good. That's cool. Be you. Don't, doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of you. Start to believe what God says about you. Start to believe that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Not the words that has been spoken over your life in the past, what that teacher might have said about you, what your mum or dad in their brokenness and hurting might have said about you, what people who have literally no power in your life have said about you, their lies. Truth is, God loves you. Before he formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you. That's the truth. 
I know that I'm not the coolest guy in the world. I'm probably a bit of a nerd. But that's okay. That's who God created me. And as I've gotten older, I've got more comfortable with who God's created me to be. And knowing that I'm going to be more effective in my life and do more for Him when I just become comfortable in my own skin and serve Him the best way I can like that. Then I start to walk in faith and not in fear. Let's be people who walk by faith, not fear. And faith says, who I am is awesome. Who I am, God's happy with. The third thing is this. God's Word. If we're going to overcome fear, it's through God's Word. As David goes to fight Goliath, I love the words he says to Goliath. Goliath looks at him and the Bible says he despised David. And he he looked at him, he said, who are you? He basically said, you're nothing and you come to fight me, a champion? And I love what David says. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. See, the enemy came to fill fear in David, and David's response as fear stood in front of him, as the giant stood in front of him and tried to make him feel fearful and insecure, and it's made him try and look at himself and realize, I'm not good enough. His response was, I come in the name of God. And see, that's one of the keys in our life, is that we need to realize, you know what, when fear comes in, when fear, when darkness tries to come and invade our life, the key is the name of Jesus. Because fear is sometimes a person, sometimes it's a spirit, and you see it in the Bible, it says these words. In 1 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In Romans 8.15, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Sometimes the devil comes in and he tries to fill us with fear. He tries to, fear tries to come and attach itself to us and tries to, tries to say, you know what, your whole world's going to fall to pieces. Your, your marriage is going to break down. You're going to lose your business. Your kids are going to die. He comes in, he tries to tell us all these things. And we can either choose in that moment to listen to those words or we can stand there and say, in the name of Jesus, get away from me. Spirit of fear, go away. Spirit of anxiety, leave me. Spirit of t- intimidation, get away out of my life. Because Jesus has beaten every single Spirit that would try and come against us. He defeated the enemy on the cross. It says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and tongue confess. In my life, before I got saved, I've shared a couple of times where fear was such a huge part of my life. I I couldn't sleep at night. I used to have these things in my life where I've said I used to have to go to bed by 9.30. If I didn't go to sleep at 9.30, I felt like I'd be up all night and and, and just stuff would go on in my mind. I, I remember there was this thing in my life where I had to go and check the cupboard to make sure nobody was in it every night before I went to bed. And I used to have to look under the bed to make sure no one was hiding. And if I didn't do that whole pattern before I went to sleep, I just couldn't rest. I couldn't find peace in my life. And when I got saved, that fear left. And I believe it was a spirit that God delivered me from when I got saved. And in our life, we can have that same thing, but at the name of Jesus, everything must leave. 
And sometimes it still tries to come and attach itself in my life. It comes and speaks to me, but I just say, in the name of Jesus, leave. Sometimes it's my own thinking, and sometimes it's other stuff in my life, but sometimes it's a spirit that comes in and tries to mess up my life. But God's delivered me from it, and that's the truth. Other times, like I said, it's just the way I think. But the the key again is God's Word. When fear tries to come in and invade my life, when it tries to tell me that some of the things that happened in my past, they're going to mess up my future. When these things come into my life and try and speak to me and tell me things aren't right, and, and the words of my past come and talk to me, the key is the Word of God. And, and so I've written down some Bible verses that if you want to jump your phone out today, or you want to write these down so that when fear comes into your life, you can use these Bible verses and start to speak them out. Because the Bible says, allow God to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So the way we change our think is by declaring the Bible and declaring His Word. So here's, what, here's some Bible verses for you. One of them is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It says, So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? 1 John 4.18 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Matthew 10.28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both in soul and body in hell. 1 John 4, 4. Little children, you are from God and, are over, and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. We want to overcome fear in our life and walk by faith. It's about getting God's Word into our life. It's about replacing God's thoughts with our thoughts. It's about believing what God says over what fear says. That's the key. The last one is this. Trust God. 1 Samuel 17, 46 and 47. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. He's speaking to Goliath, David. And I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by word Oh, sorry, it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. What an awesome declaration of trust in God. He knew God had had a promise for His future. He knew God had spoken a word about His life. He knew God had spoken and said, yeah, I've got more for you than just where you are right now. So He knew no matter what obstacle, no matter what thing comes against us, God, you'll give me victory in this moment. We can trust God. I think one of the biggest things we struggle with is trusting God. Because of things that happened in our past. Maybe it's because we can't see Him. Maybe it's because He's not here. We don't feel like He's right here now. But we have this thing that we struggle to trust God. 
And, uh, and, it, and it's so important that we trust God. It's so important that we read the Bible and see that I can trust Him, that we remember in times of hardship that we look back and go, you know what, God delivered me here. God gave me that job there. God came through for me and paid for my bills there. God did this. So what I'm going through now, the Bible says you'll never leave me nor forsake me. So I can trust Him in this moment right now. My God is bigger than every obstacle that I'll ever face. God, I can trust you. And we can start to speak to our problems and say the same thing to them. If I could get the band up now, that'd be cool, please. And it's the same thing with David. If you have a look in David's life, when he goes up to King Saul, he says to King Saul, he said, because Saul says to him, you can't fight this guy, you're just a kid. And David says, you know what? I killed the lion when it came to try and get my sheep, and I killed the bear when it came to try and get my sheep, and Goliath's just going to be like them. David just keeps declaring over and over again that God moved here and I won so I can trust him in this circumstances and I'll win again. We can trust God. We can declare faith in God. Maybe as this year ends and you're going into the next one, maybe you're on the verge of bankruptcy. Maybe your marriage is falling to pieces. Maybe your kids are just out of control. Maybe, maybe you had these dreams to do these amazing things in your life, but right now they feel like they're just nowhere near where you wish they were. The cool thing is that God says, I'm not a man that I should lie. Promise are not, del- uh, ch- not, I'm not a man that I should change my mind. Promise and not deliver. What a great promise from God, that if God's promised us something, you'll do it. Not a man that he should lie. So if he says to you, hey, you're going to be doing this, or your business is going to go well, or your kids are going to get saved, or they're going to come back to God, he's not a man that he'd lie. He's not a human being that he would change his mind. So he doesn't go, yeah, you know what? I said that you're going to own a home, but I changed my mind. I I can't do it. It's too big for me. It's just, you know, I thought I could, but up here in heaven, we've run out of money. And uh, we're going to go see the bank and try and get some more. He, when God promises, He can deliver. The Bible says He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He created the entire universe. If He speaks to you, He can do it. This year, as it finishes and we go into 2020, Let's make the decision that we won't allow the awesome things that God's got in store for us to fall by the wayside because we allowed fear to come and creep in. Let's make the decision, you know what? I'm going to be like King David and when fear came, when the the giant stood there, I declared that my God would be bigger than the obstacle. That in faith, I said, God, you've given me a promise you're going to do it. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.